0: Hi everyone, my name is Brandon Rodriguez, and I will be your host for the Clemson Pride Living Library podcast, a celebration of queer stories here at Clemson University. Each day, LGBTQ plus people will be sharing their stories on topics such as home, hobbies, love and family, religion and spirituality, and more. Before we get started, all views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not representative of Clemson University and or the Gantt Multicultural Center. Today's topic is queer professionalism. We have an amazing lineup today who will be discussing what queer professionalism means to them. Up first is Jason Combs.
1: So in looking at queer professionalism, I think um, one of the things I wanna, I guess, start off talking about is just the intersection of the work that I do for Clemson full-time and with my uh, sexual orientation. So as I stated earlier, I am an associate director for a college access program, Um, so I primarily work with high school students along the state um, helping to build uh, leadership skills, helping to um, increase their academic preparedness and their college preparedness Um, through different programming um, that we put on throughout the year. Um, And a big portion of that is a summer residential program um, where we bring up students and we um, give them classes and lectures taught by different Clemson faculty staff and, of course, the full-time Emergent Scholar staff. Um, uh, And when I first got to Clemson I was really, as a full-time employee, I was really focused for the first two years on um, being more comfortable and confident in my position. Um, So I was learning from my direct supervisor. I was, um, you know, doing a lot of, I guess, um, I was more like a a sponge, like I was soaking in information um, for those first two years. And by my third year of employment, I was more confident and comfortable Um, with uh, what I could bring to the table Um, and I was way more confident and comfortable in my sexual orientation um, at that point in time too. So um, one of the things that I wanted to do um, is because I've seen, you know, some, you know, different problematic things from um, some of my students. I've seen problematic things from different people on campus and different um, college students and I wanted to Um, uh, see what I can do to help navigate some of those conversations. Um, And so my, you know, sphere of influence is through my college access program, through my summer program, or through our summer program, um, Emerging Scholars. And so I had conversations to start building a curriculum um, for a social justice education class. Um, And the purpose of that class is to get students um, had to have conversations about you know, their identities, to get um, more comfortable and familiar with who they are, um, with the different pieces um, of themselves that make them whole. Um, and I think that my comfort in my sexual orientation was really what led me to um, wanting to have these conversations with my students. Um, You know, I would see, you know, some students, you know, making gay slurs or calling things gay um, that weren't gay. I would hear very problematic things and I wanted to um, stop them. I wanted to educate students on the um, problems with using some of that language, the problems with um, some of those oppressive natures. And um, it began through that class. Um, I work with, you know, some Clemson faculty and some Clemson staff to kind of build it. And I'm really appreciative of, you know, Dr. Rachel Wagner, Dr. Courtney Allen, Dr. Natasha Kroom, um, because they all really played a huge role in helping shape or shift some of these conversations um, from um, the students and to make them more educational and to make them more intentional also. So um, uh, I intersected, you know, the time in my life where i was starting to learn more about myself and become more comfortable in my sexual orientation i use that to have conversations with my students Um, And I guess it kind of sounds selfish as I'm, you know, talking back on it, but I see it was very beneficial. And, uh, you know, two years later, three years later, I see my students having these conversations outside of class. I hear stories of my students going back to their hometowns and challenging um, homophobia, challenging sexism, challenging um, different oppressive things that they see um, throughout their days. And I think for me, that has been an amazing journey. It's been an amazing sight. Um, Something else I kind of want to talk about as it relates to um, queer professionalism is, you know, being in a space that is um, reflective of your comfort or reflective of um, uh, how you want your sexual orientation to thrive or how you don't want it to thrive. thrive, Excuse me. Um, You know, I realize that, um, you know, I have the privilege of working in an office Um, that is in a division um, that is dedicated to um, diverse and inclusive practices. Um, uh, I am in a suite um, that, you know, is named after the um, first African-American man and woman to graduate from uh, to get admitted to the university. Um, So we are able to have some of these conversations Um, on a daily basis. We're able to talk about microaggressions. We're able to talk about, um, you know, how we've been oppressed um, in different spaces, and there's privilege in that. And I know there are, you know, people around campus who have similar identities to me who aren't able to have some of those conversations as often um, and still feel comfortable or confident or supported um, after having those conversations. Um, So I think what I want to suggest is um, to go to a place or be a part of an organization that is as supportive um, of your sexual orientation as you need. Um, So if you're not salient, if your sexual orientation is not salient for you, if it's not something um, that is important to you, then, uh, I mean, you can choose that um, organization based off of that salience. If you are um, someone who... uh, whose sexual orientation is extremely salient to them, then you wanna go to a place that's gonna support that. And um, that's gonna make you feel at home and welcome and confident and comfortable to express yourself as you need to express yourself. Um, And I think um, as you grow um, and as you get into different um, professional spheres, you will be able to have a better understanding of what you need, um, in support from um, a direct supervisor, um, what you need from support in your peers. Um, and I think that just looks different for each individual. So make those decisions and um, make, uh, those, make those decisions and, um, uh, based off of uh, what you are comfortable with.
0: We'll be right back. Coming up next on today's podcast, we'll hear from Crystal and Rachel.
2: crystal thornhill
3: and i'm rachel wagner
2: and we're having a conversation about queer professionalism um, since we're both queer professionals we thought it would be fun to have the conversation together um and we were talking about the different ideas about what that those words mean um if you wanted to explain
3: yeah so when i think about um queer professionalism, I think about um, being a professional queer, what it means to be queer in the workplace, Um, and I do research on queer and trans and MB students, um, and with and alongside queer and trans and MB students, and so um, being a queer professional, um, queering professionalism, and then being a professional queer. Um, and thinking about the word in terms of it serving as an adjective, as a noun, and as a verb.
2: Mm-hmm. I think I feel most connected to the idea of queering professionalism, just because it's something that I think is so important the idea of taking up as much space as possible. To make sure that my students and anyone coming behind me or alongside me has the space to be as out and proud as they want and not have to worry or wonder about how that's gonna impact their ability to be accepted or perceived as professional. Um, And wanting to bring as many queer, trans, non-binary folks along with me um, to make sure that their voices are heard. Um, I think I also think of queer professionalism in the sense of making sure that I am a voice in some ways, which can be a good and bad thing, um, because I definitely don't represent everyone, um, but a voice for those who maybe aren't there or can't be there. um, And I also feel like I have to honor the intersections of my voice as a queer professional because I'm also a black queer professional and Mm. wanting to make sure that I honor that and the way people experience me.
3: Yeah, I, I really appreciate thinking more about queering professionalism. And we could spend the whole time just talking about that because in a place like Clemson where there's lots of conventions around professionalism that are very white, that are very normative and um, heteronormative, um, that have, have like a sort of middle slash upper middle class ethos to them. Around what's polite to talk about and what's not polite, what kind of vernacular can you use or not use? Um, are you allowed to curse, for instance, on the podcast, or is that <laughs> going to upset folk? Um, so I think about um, and in particular, one of the things that um, I've come across a lot in the classroom and um, in committee meetings, um, alongside, some faculty and colleagues in student affairs is there's a um, sort of ex, uh, expected performance of white femininity that's very like um, kind and polite and um, and and uh, self-deprecating and um, always willing to pitch in and support other people's emotional um, well-being, but also sort of being demure and quiet and. And I'm too fat for that. I'm too queer for that. I'm not quite white enough for that. Like, there's lots of ways in which I just don't. And I grew up working class, so a lot of those conventions of like even small talk or what have you, they just don't fit. And so I find myself like sometimes purposefully being too much, or um, not necessarily exaggerating that part, but allowing it to really bloom. So for instance within like a year of coming here, I shaved half of my head because I wanted to put out um, within my affect to signal some queerness and to create space for that to be um, reflected back in the student population and and the colleagues and um, graduate students that I get to work alongside. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I feel that. I think um, for me, um, I do feel like there's a specific type of performance uh, or expectation of what my queerness means or there are specific times that I'm supposed to talk about it and specific times <laughs> that you know just be black or just be a really good counseling psychologist and i um, trying to unapologetically take up space all the time um, I show up all the way all the time um, so that can be tiring I guess for some but for me it just gives it re-energizes me to make sure that um if you're saying you want to align yourself with justice you're aligning yourself with black loud unapologetic queer justice and I also Mm. think there's a fear for me of um people identifying me in a way that doesn't fit for me since so much of my life is queer and then I also am partnered with a a white cis man um, who I fell in love with Mm -hmm. so I think as soon as I realized I was like in love I was like I gotta get a tattoo (laughs) 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 So so I immediately was like gotta go make sure that um, there's no like take backs for me because (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's just so much a part of my life being involved in act UP New York and being an activist. And so many of my friends are queer or trans or on that spectrum. And it's just, it's a part of his life now too. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's been really intentional about bringing people into my world of being queer and professional and, redefining what that means in the spaces I'm in, as opposed to trying to change. Um, Cause I know that I'm straight passing in some ways, but um, at the same time, I know that anyone who sits with me for more than five minutes generally knows that I'm queer also. Mm-hmm. Um, so I take that in stride, I guess. And I, I think all those things are really important for me to be aware of. Um, I think it's irresponsible sometimes as professionals if we aren't aware of how our identities come across. I think it would be naive for me to not know that I'm straight passing in the way that I navigate the world, um, mm-hmm. because if the only time I ever talk about my queerness is when it's convenient for me, I find that to be problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, so just trying to make sure that I'm unpacking and holding myself responsible for um showing up all the way all the time even if i don't have to all the time anymore is important for me
3: now i appreciate that and um also like the notions that you know we're all our best measure of what we can press on in terms of um, challenging normative scripts or um, Dominant narratives, but at the same time, like where are we protected? Like how how is the way that you're partnered up going to protect you from some forms of violence that allow you to um, express yourself um, in bold ways that mm-hmm. um, that maybe isn't available to um, you know a um, gender queer person whose affect is um, you know. Uh, troubling to assist folks in the environment who can't discern what their, what their um, identity is, Mm -hmm. um, what their real identity is. And, um, and I think that's important for each of us to take up. I mean, I do think that there's ways in which um, my, my consciousness about my queerness um, is is something that I'm in constant um, and dynamic like reflection with, both in, in community um, with colleagues and friends and students and my partner, but also um, self-reflectively. And, um, and sometimes it's just small things, like making choices during interview weekends with prospective graduate students to initiate conversations that reference my wife, Right. Or that um, talk about um, us and um, and our family formations that don't fit um, like uh, sort of normative constructions of a nuclear family. Um, And, you know, and, and then supporting like making time to like support things like this kind of programming on campus um for pride or as um we used to say on my previous campus gay Pro. um like figuring out ways to like support that um make sure that i'm visible in it um in that space as a faculty member i can imagine how important it would be to be visible in that space um as a member of the counseling center right like i think that that can be visibility and and the um the challenges and opportunities of visibility within um, queerness that can open up people's assumptions about professionalisms and who um, queer professionals are, um, and who who what possibilities exist, right, for folks to see themselves reflected.
2: I agree. I think that speaks to the noun piece of being a queer professional of like, it's not just enough to show up and identify, but wanting to make sure the activities and events and engagement that you do is reflective of those identities as well. Like doing research, I did a comparative study on, um, I guess sexual health, um, in Germany, well, in Berlin, France and New York. Um, just kind of think about like where are people feeling the most sex positivity um, which you know translates to better sexual health and um, trying to figure out where to publish that and making sure that I'm seen as a resource for queer and trans students here at CAPS and um, realizing that if somebody were to walk in the door of CAPS right now and said I want to work with a queer therapist there probably going to work with me Mm -hmm. means that I have to be open that that's the reality of the system I'm in Mm -hmm. and what that means for me in regards to making sure that I'm open that um, I'm accessible, that I'm seeing that people know that I identify as queer, and it's not just like a secret that happens when they close the door and I tell them, and then they never <laughs> see me do anything else queer again, because that would be kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I see it as a responsibility, but also just a way of wanting to show up um, in a way that's meaningful for my clients and for the work that I do. Mm-hmm. But I also want to be conscious of time. <laughs> do you have any final thoughts?
3: <laughs> um, I, You know, my hope is for um, my queer community that you have space um, and invitation not to make yourself small in order to fit the conventions. And if there are supports that you need um, to do that, like I fully support folks covering when they need to for safety for a variety of reasons, but if there's also um, things that folks need in order to feel more fully supported um, uh, to be there themselves in professional and workplace spaces, um, I want to be a part of that too.
2: Yeah. I want to echo that. You know, I think that there's a lot of privilege in me being able to choose to be as out as I am, Mm -hmm. Um, especially because at the end of the day, whether I planned it that way or not, I have a white dude at home who loves me (laughs) that, you know, that comes with its own set of issues because I am black and everything. But, you know, I think it's important to acknowledge that there is privilege in being out. And that we all come at these situations and issues in life with all the strength that we have. And there are times in life when it's just not safe to be out. And I respect that. And I respect where every student is within community who's trying to figure out where they fit. Mm-hmm. And I also want students to know that the way you queer professional today may not be the way you queer professional tomorrow. Yes. or And to just be excited about that evolution.
3: Yeah. I think that's a lovely place to end. Thanks for having this convo with me.
2: Yes, this is fun.
0: We'll be right back. Before we close out i want to thank all of our fantastic guests for sharing their amazing stories today about queer professionalism as well as to everyone who participated in this podcast series we truly couldn't have done it without you we also want to thank our sponsor the gantt multicultural center for helping make this podcast series happen now we hope you enjoyed today's episode and be sure to tune in tomorrow for our next one until then have a fantastic day everyone